0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Pirkei Avos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, or just would like to reach out and say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomo kohn at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. This week, we continue with Perek Bez, Chapter 2, Mishnah Ches, Mishnah number 8. The Mishnah is continuing with the teachings of Hillel and Hillel is teaching us here a very, there's a. going to be a longer Mishnah with many different forms of advice and let's go through it one by one. Who are Ya'aymir? He used to say, referring to Hillel, Mar-be-basar, mar be The more flesh, the more worms. Marba Marba Daiga. The more possessions, the more worry. Marbik The more wives, the more witchcraft. We'll have to explain what that means. the more maidservants, Marbazima, the more lewdness. Marba the more um slaves Marza the more thievery now that's the focus on the things that will lead to to bad things now the Mishnah is turning its focus to more of positive things that more of it is going to help us Marbeteira, more Torah marbahayan more life Marba yeshiva more study Chachma, more wisdom Mar Be'etzeh, the more counsel, Mar Be'etevuna, the more understanding. Mar Be'etzedakah, the more charity, Mar shalom, the more peace. Now, after we, Hillel is giving this, us this these pieces of advice about the more of everything, what it leads to, the Mishnah turns its focus a little bit. Kana Shem Toiv, Kana Laatzma. One who, is, one who has gained a good reputation has gained it for his own benefit. One who has gained himself Torah knowledge has acquired for himself the world to come. So I want to break up this Mishnah today in three parts. The first part of the Mishnah are the things in the beginning which lead to bad. To bad outcomes. More of it leads to outcomes which are not desirable. Now, what are they? Let's go through it. Marbibusar, Marbarima, right? More flesh, more worms. More possessions, more worry. More wives, more witchcraft. More more maidservants, more lewdness. More slaves, more sle- stealing. If you look at each one of the different points of the mission at this point, you might think to yourself that getting more of them, before we know our mission, let's say, rewind for a second, before we study this mission tonight together, you might think that, oh, you know, it's good to have more possessions. It's good to be more uh, buffed, right? It's it's healthier, it's better. It's good to, um, to have, obviously, this is in the missionist times, it was permitted to have more wives. It's good to have more wives, right? Now, the the Mishnah is telling us, no. The things that we view as good sometimes, more of it, is not necessarily good. You know, many times when we increase certain things, we think the things that we think are good, when we try to solve problems, we just create a new problem. So, you know, when it comes to the, the first examples of the Mishnah, most people Want to be millionaires. We all want to have money for whatever we need. We want to have extra money. You could just we don't have to worry about these things. We would love to be a millionaire. Ask people what they want to do. They want to be a you know, millionaire is not worth anything today, actually. Billionaire, a billionaire. They want to be a billionaire. But in reality, being a billionaire causes new problems for you that you never would have experienced had you not been a millionaire. And I, I think about this myself sometimes, like how much. Would um, you know Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos pay to be to live their lives like regular people? I mean, I'm sure they like being wealthy, but there are downsides to being a one of the most wealthiest people in the world, right? They can't just go where they want to go. They can't just go to the store to pick up something. It doesn't work like that. They can't live the life they necessarily want to live whenever they want to do it, because. It's dangerous. Something could happen. Someone—I don't know—things can happen to them. they are are known people. They're famous people, and they're not able to live their lives like the way we are able to live it. So, as you know, as, as amazing as it might seem to us to live in their world, to have that kind of money, the mission is telling us it's not so great. There are other problems that they have to deal with that you don't have to deal with. You think that you know you want to be all. Uh, your body should be all you know, full of uh, flesh. Obviously, when, when the Mishnah says in those days, it was considered a sign of richness. A person was was uh, heavier. The, the, it showed that they had wealth and they were able to. It was a good thing to be to be he- heavy and have more flesh. So let's say for our generation, we know that's not healthy. We we're all trying to lose weight, but we all want to be buffed and healthy and you know m- big muscles. We we could desire that. You know, we should think, we could think to ourselves, wow, oh, it's probably so great to be so strong and to be so buffed and to fit into any clothes you want to fit into, to worry about, you know, your physique is, is perfect. Mishnah is saying, no, it's not so great. It's not so great because what happens in the end? What happens in the end? The same thing, it's same thing to everybody else. But what I want to focus in on over here on, on this first part of the Mishnah is that things that we sometimes think as beneficial to us as helpful to our lives. And even, you know, we could be religious. We, you know, and when I say that, I mean that sarcastically, that we, we will say how it's going to help us in our in our spiritual lives. If we, if we say we're gonna, you know, we want to win the lottery and we say, God, if I win the lottery, I'll give, I'll give a lot of charity. We get very, very religious with our uh, with these with these dreams. But we don't know that it might not be as good as we think it'll be. We have to remember that. It's funny, it reminds me of uh, two stories I'm thinking of off the top of my, my head. Number one is talking about, you know, solving rom- one problem, creating another. In Brooklyn, I don't know if any of you have ever been there, but there's a lot of traffic. Tons of traffic. Now, there was some genius in, uh, in Brooklyn that decided that, you know, obviously there's a lot of yeshivas. And there's thank God there's a lot of kids that go to yeshiva. There's people going to carpool. All the carpools are making a tremendous amount of traffic in the streets in these Jewish neighborhoods. So someone decided we're gonna we're gonna lobby the state, the city to, to help the yeshivas get buses. And when we help the yeshiva get buses, there'll be buses, you know, it, it'll um it'll solve the problem. And so it was. I think many of the yeshivas got help with the funding for the buses or whatever and the yeshivas got busing and now there's no carpool. But now instead of being, uh, the traffic ended up being worse than it was before because there's all the buses instead of the carpools going out through different times of the day, all the buses went at one time. Everyone's on the same schedule. So now instead of having cars beeping at each other and I have the streets full of buses. So maybe you solve one problem but you created another problem. You know, And the same same thing can be said, you know, I talk about the lottery, how we all say we're going to give it to charity. I, I remember one time I was sitting in a class with a rabbi of mine and he went around the room. So, like, okay. You just won a hundred million dollars. How much are you giving to charity? And he went around the room and everyone had to give an answer. And everyone was like hesitating, like, I'll give, uh, I'll give this amount of money. And so at the end of the day, it's like, all you guys, you didn't even win the lottery yet and you're still having problems. You're still having a hard time deciding how much money you want to give to charity. You're just trying to make a point of money and some are it's hard for us to detach ourselves from it. But either way, the things that we view as good sometimes are not necessarily good. And it really could be on the flip side as well. Sometimes the things that we view as bad that are, are I mean, obviously, things are given that are bad. The Torah commands us to stay away from. But the things that, we we see that maybe they're they're not helpful for us, maybe those things can be helpful at times as well. That's I believe one of the insights in the first part of the Mishnah. Another point I want to talk about before I move on to the second point of this Mishnah is that it says Marba Nachasim Marba Daiga. We're focusing on this point of possessions, that if we have more possessions, it's more worry. Now, this is some this this phrase of the Mishnah is Hillel's dictum. That applies to most people. That if you have possessions, you you worry about those possessions. That's normal. But we have the ability to rise above that. What do I mean? I mean that there's a concept of bitachon, having trust in Hashem. And there's a realization that we need to aspire to, that everything that happens in this world is ordained by God. It's called Hashkacha Pratis, divine um, providence. Every situation, everything. And specifically how much money we're going to make and what possessions we're going to have and what's going to happen to the things we own, that's also determined by God. And if if we would know this to our core, that everything, God's in control of everything, and there's nothing I can do to change the situation, now, obviously, I could dive in. That's something you could do, but I can't control it. If we come to that realization, so then we're not worried about the stock market going up and down. I'm in Hashem's hands. Obviously, we talk about a person who's acting responsibly, who's not doing things that are irresponsible. That a you know, doing things that normal people don't do. But they're doing normal things. You're, you're doing regular actions that everyone does, and you did your research. You did your due diligence. After that point, it's not on you anymore. It's not on you. Whatever is going to be is going to be. There's nothing you can do about it. So if we really would know that and believe that to our core, we wouldn't worry. We wouldn't get nervous when the stock market goes down. We wouldn't get you know have this you know thought of dark clouds coming upon us when we watch the news. Because everything that happens, Hashem's in charge. And it's not just with our finances, it's with every aspect of our lives that if we have, if we, we truly know to our core and believe it, then we're never worried, we're never stressed out. We have bitachon, we have trust in Hashem. And we know that Hashem is doing everything that's good for us. Maybe things to us, they don't seem good. But we know everything Hashem does is for the good. Called the Avid Rahman Latav Avid. Everything Hashem does, everything God does, is for the good. And we, when we internalize that that idea, not just think about it, when we really internalize it, so then there's nothing to worry about anymore. Everything is happy. Everything is great because we know everything is going to be for our best. Now, just turning to the next point of the Mishnah, the Mishnah focused in on the positives, things that are good for us to do more of, right? Things that if we do more of, it'll help us, it'll be good for us. And the Mishnah tells us about learning, about studying, about having counsel with our friends, with our colleagues, with our mentors giving more charity these are things which more of it will help us you know there's a joke my rabbi would always say and he would say tell people like okay so if you learn too much the guys would say sometimes like i'm going to learn you know obviously he meant that as a joke he said you know, okay so you know maybe people were telling him oh, it's too much learning i can't handle it he said okay you know if you push people a little bit Okay, the worst thing that'll be is that he'll die. And then you died, Al Kiddish Hashem. You died sanctifying God's name because you learned too much. Don't worry, it won't be so bad. That's the highest thing a person could do to die with the sanctification of God's name. It was a joke. But the point is, is that there's only certain things in everything in the world, everything in the world were limited how much we could take of it. Even water. If you drink too much water, you could die. Too much water can cause a person to die. And now anything's like that. person has too many hot dogs, too many steaks, too much running, too much exercise, too much not exercise, no exercise. But um, either way, anything pretty much, anything physical in this physical world, we have too much of it, It's it can prove to be deadly. And even water too much water will kill a person because their blood gets too thin. Now, their only thing that is constantly good for a person, too much of it is never going to hurt someone, are spiritual things. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about a situation where someone's going to learn till, till they go crazy. I'm not saying that. But the point is that it's more learning and more, Avodas Hashem, service of God, done in the right way, it's never going to hurt someone. It's only going to help them. And obviously, you know, if someone's at a point where they're, they're, you know, they're they you need some direction. A person needs direction from from, from a mentor, from a rabbi, just to, to, to make sure they're pushing the right amount and not too much at a shot. But continued growth in our Torah learning and our mitzvos in the proper dosage will help us always help us, you know, because there could be a situation where people sometimes take upon too many things upon themselves at one shot, and it could cause them to take a step back, which we never want to do, right? Obviously, we need to keep stepping forward. If a person doesn't take any steps, it's not good either. We need to take those steps, but in the right dosage, the right amount, the right size. And the mission is giving us the insight that we shouldn't be scared to take those next steps when it comes to our spirituality many times we have these false impressions and these thoughts and these fears that hold us back in a lot of things in our life now everyone could fill in the blank for the things that you know you're scared of that you have you're fearful of but especially when it comes to our spirituality now Judaism Jews get very nervous and very uptight at times when it comes to taking the next step. Maybe it's going to be too much for me. Maybe I'm not going to do it. Maybe a lightning bolt's going to come out of the sky and strike me, right? The Mishnah is giving us an insight and I feel like it's a little bit of a support for us. Take the next step. Do it. Learn a little more. Study a little more. Talk a little more. You know, give a little more charity. All these things, right? Do another mitzvah. It's not going to hurt you. If you could, you know, obviously there's, sometimes we need help to not do too much in one shot. But the, the general rule is, now there are exceptions. The general rule is if you could picture yourself doing something, that means you're probably ready to do it. If you can picture yourself doing a mitzvah, if you could picture yourself Keeping a part of Shabbos or a whole Shabbos. That means you probably could take a step forward in that direction. If you could picture yourself, you know, observing some of the laws of Kashrus or maybe all the laws of Kashrus, then it means you probably could do that. Whatever you could picture in your mind, whatever you could see yourself doing, that probably means you're ready to do it, and you should go for it. And and that's what the mission is telling us. I believe you could take this in that direction. That we should never have that fear that too much of it is gonna, it's gonna be bad for us. It's not gonna be bad for us. It's gonna be good for us. And again, everything in its right amount and its right time. But at the same time, we shouldn't be reserved. We should be, you know, sup- we should be confident in our abilities to do something. And again, as I mentioned before, sometimes. Doing things, just because we start doing things, doesn't mean we have to do it forever. Obviously, we want to get to a place where we're doing things naturally and we're doing it by itself. We don't have to think about it. But when we start off, there's nothing wrong saying, I'm going to do this for a week, for two weeks. And then you reassess. And hopefully, once you reassess, you said, this is not so bad. I could do this again. You do it for another two weeks. And you keep doing that until you build up your spiritual muscles, until you're at a place where like it becomes second nature to you. And that is, I believe, a thought from this Mishnah. Now the Mishnah finishes off with One who has gained a good reputation, has gained for his own benefit. One who has gained himself Torah knowledge, has gained himself the life of the world to come. So the thought I want to share with to finish off this Mishnah is that you know, we, we think about our possessions. We talked about that before. Things we own. Our Nachasim, as it's referred to in the Mishnah, our belongings. And you say, Is it mine? And I'll say, Yeah, it's mine. I own it. The question is, do we really own it? And if you think about And if you think about it, the answer is no. So you're probably thinking to yourself, what do you mean I don't own it? I I do own it. I worked hard for this. I put the money down. I paid for it. It's my hard labor, my work. It's mine. And I'm telling you, no. And I'll explain. When it comes to our possessions, really, it's a temporary connection. How long do things last for these days? Not so long. You know, we get things, they're disposable. We call ourselves we're the disposable generation. Everything could be thrown out, by a new one, right? Everything's cheap or used to be cheap, but um, everything's disposable. And even if it's something that's quality material, how long do you own it for? 10, 20, 30 years think about your possessions what which possession have you owned the longest have you had the longest probably for me it's my tefillin. i mean i don't think anything else hi uh, that's the only thing i mean i'm sure all of you have other things that you've owned for your entire lives you know probably many of them at a certain point you don't use anymore maybe it's some of it's it's memorabilia but either way it's temporary when we pass on to the next world, we don't take any of it with us. It stays. Now, I'm not saying this that it should be a sober feeling when making this, you know, that type of, I'm not trying to bring that point home. What I am trying to stress is on the flip side, is that when you do a mitzvah, when you learn Torah, when you do a kindness to someone else, that action, you own it because you have it forever. It's a credit for you forever and ever, you can, and no one can take it away from you. Nobody, person, you know, the these all these stories from World War II, from the Holocaust, where Nazis tried to beat Jews. They took everything away from them, They, but they couldn't break them because there was something they just couldn't take it away from them. That was their strength, their the Torah, the mitzvot. They weren't able to break them because they had this, and they couldn't take it away from us. No matter what, no matter how bad the concentration camp was or the gas chambers, shooting squads, they couldn't break us because we have the Torah, we have the mitzvahs, and they can't do anything to take it away from us. And think about that for a moment. When you do a mitzvah, when you learn Torah, you have something right now that can never be taken away from you. Never. Nobody, nobody in the world, not the most powerful person in the world, not the most scariest person in the world. No one. And it's yours forever. And I believe that's a powerful lesson in the mission that Hill is t- teaching us. That obviously, number one, he's telling us that if a person has a shame tov. They have a shame tov that, that they acquired it for themselves. It's something special. But aside from that, a person who learns Torah, does mitzvos, is kind to one another. They are acquiring something that's forever and ever and ever and that no one can take it away from them. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlemocom with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.